Hi, welcome to the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Please make sure to like, share and subscribe if you can. I hope you enjoy the episode. So the Tets, the Tets, <laughs> he took part, he took charge of his first game. Uh, many questions have been asked about what he was going to do. Uh, we weren't sure. All we knew was that he was Pep's guy. We didn't really know what he was gonna, how he was going to set the team up, what he told them during the week. We couldn't really forecast anything because we don't have any history to go off of. But he took his first game over, um, which was really good, I think. Um... As you know, we start off with the stats, 17 shots with 2 on target versus Bournemouth's 12 with 4 on target, uh, 62% possession for us, 592 passes versus their 369, uh, we had 86% pass accuracy versus their 78, 13 fouls versus their 5, 4 yellow cards apiece, 1 offside for Bournemouth and then they had 8 corners and we had 3. In terms of lineups, it was a 4-2-3-1. More of a 4-3-3, but we'll get there. Uh, Leno, Louise, Papas, Maitland-Niles, Saka, Shaka, uh, Torreira is our pivot, double pivot. Mesutozo, um, Reese Nelson, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on the left wing with Lacazette at the top. The match, of course, ended 1-1. Okay, my feelings on the game, uh, it was a good game, it was, it was a good game, it was the first time in a long time where I felt kind of relaxed, I don't know if the relaxation came from what the boys, what the boys showed on the field, or if it was more of me going, ah, new coach, new slate, clean slate as he said. Uh, and relaxing a bit. I, I don't know if it was that. Um, I did like how we played. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy that um, the players seemed a bit more comfortable in what they were doing. They seemed to understand more often than not what their roles were. And it was great. It was. I, I think that was, that was one of our better matches this year. Would have loved the three points, need the three points. But you know what? Balance of probabilities, balance of powers, I think... We did well with a 1-1 draw. Um, the goal came a bit a bit out of the blue, uh, to be honest with you. But for the for the rest of the match, we seemed to be pretty comfortable, barring maybe getting better in the final third. So we came out, we played against Bournemouth. It was a great it was a great run out. Um, would have liked to see Pepe a bit a bit earlier, but if I, if I was to look at it. Our defense did fairly okay. Um, Saka, Saka's doing well for somebody who's not a left back and somebody who's who's a teenager. He's a teenager, guys. Remember that he's eighteen. Uh, Ainsley Maitland now seems to have found a bit of confidence, and uh, Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson is still a mixed bag. We knew what he was at Dortmund. We knew what he did at Dortmund, but in terms of his Arsenal career. Not really sure uh, what it was, what what was holding him back. Uh, it was good to see him get a run out. He seemed a bit confident. Uh, 
Granit Xhaka. I, I don't know if he's playing so well because he's leaving. I don't know if that's why. I don't know if that's the whole point of why we're getting this Granit Xhaka we've never seen. We're getting a deep-lying playmaker. It's it's crazy. He's he's calm. It doesn't look like he's gonna make a mistake. He's playing the correct balls. It it's 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 a revelation. I don't know where this player was this whole time. Uh, Torreira breaking up play in the middle. So good. This is what we wanted. This is what we saw in the beginning of his career. He's the mobile run around. Uh, Shaka and break up play he did it so well um, and his balls to Masut it seems like he's, he's, his link up with Masut is going to be very important uh, back to Shaka, he's leaving uh, apparently he's, he's, he's agreed terms with Hertha Berlin um, and he's been playing very well wow uh, I, think, I think what happened between him and Arsenal and the fans and everybody really did hurt his soul deeply but I think we're starting to see what everybody maybe saw of him. Uh, we weren't really sure why he's captaining all the sides. Why he's, he's so sought after. But hey, uh, he's been playing very well, actually. Him and, him and Torreira made a formidable two. Um, on the left wing, uh, I don't know how I feel about Aubameyang on, on the wing. Because I think his greatest strength is running in a straight line, sort of Valencia-y, Valencia-y. Um, and he, and he, look, he ran up the line, but he doesn't know what to do when he gets to the end of that run. Um, he's more, I think, in tune with being at the end of whatever chances may fall. I think he's more in tune with running onto the ball, running into the box, and scoring that way. Maybe one-on-ones with the goalkeeper on a sweeping transitional play but for the most part on the left wing he's functional uh very functional uh and i'm glad that worked out oh before i forget louise louise is finally playing that deep early ball he hit a few he hit one that went straight down the middle to lacquer and i think lacquer missed that chance but that's what I that's what I thought we were signing when we were signing uh, Luis. Not so much for defense, but more for a pseudo midfielder. He's he he starts his runs. He ran up until the halfway line um, during one of our plays, and then put in that ball for Lacquer. He sprays the ball around very well to the wings. That's what we were expecting: a secondary passer, a secondary tertiary passer behind. Uh, Shaka and Torreira which is working really well I think what we saw from him playing there is what is a bit more of what we need um again it was a very it was a very cagey affair I think both teams uh wanted the win but with Arsenal I think it was more about getting their attitude right getting their placement around the field right getting their understandings of the um of their positions right um we started seeing something that I saw in the Pep documentary that they they play the easy pass now so if you're in trouble pass it back it was something i saw in a training video um that arsenal put up but that's what they did i get the ball if i'm in trouble play the easy pass you don't need to be fancy i think we're starting to learn how to play that uh, pass from the back like i said before in previous uh podcasts the pass from the back is not necessarily something 
that you just do. You, everybody has to know where and what their roles are. So when Man City play the ball uh, out from the back from a goal kick, let's say, the, if it goes to the right, like the right back or the right center back, his goal is to bring those defenders in so that they can be space. Pass it back, hit the midfielder in the middle who's opened the patch of space in the middle. That's what we do. Uh, we saw that a bit with um, Torreira. There was there was a, a play that we had that ended up in the uh, in the Bournemouth goal mouth that really it started from Torreira Torreira. Well, I think it was um, Leno playing it to Torreira Torreira, turning, switching it to Shaka or was it Ozil and playing up to Reese Nelson who didn't really do much with it at the front. But that's exactly the type of impetus we need. Um, that's exactly where we're going to be strong. That's how you play from the back. And I, I hope that they get more comfortable with it. Now, moving on to the front of the team. Again, I've already spoken about Aubameyang. Laka needs to gain his confidence. Laka is playing like a new striker who needs that goal in order to get him off again. He needs to, he needs to get off the mark by getting that goal. Um, still the same movement, still the great hold-up play. Um, it seems like he he's finding some joy, but he needs to get the goal so that he can get back to his goal-scoring ways, get a rhythm again. Uh, we've spoken about Reese Nelson. He was lively. There's a lot of energy that he brings, but he's, he doesn't yet know how to channel it properly. A lot like, let's say, Kalazanac, who runs very hard, runs very fast to plays with all his heart. But when he gets to the final third, he just doesn't know how to how to pick that last pass. He doesn't know how to put in the ball to, um, let's say, Oba. He doesn't know how to cut back to Ozil. He doesn't know how to... Just that final bit is all we need from him. And he'd be an amazing player. He is an amazing player. A lot of the players at Arsenal are great players on paper. Um, but something happens when they get onto the field. Anyway, moving on. Mesut. Mesut Ozil. Mesut Rasklat. That was weird. Um, Mesut Rasklat Ozil. He played like the Ozil of old. He created four chances yesterday. Uh, more than anyone on the pitch. He was roaming around. He was playing passes. His link up with Reese Nelson was pretty good. His, his chance creation. His pass finding. It seems like he, he found a coach maybe. Again, very early. But maybe... He's found a coach who maybe will, who understands what his role is. I've seen everybody speak about Ozil should be compared to De Bruyne. But maybe the difference between De Bruyne and the difference between um, David Silva and Mesut is that their goals, their goals are defined. Their, their positioning is, is defined. Or, or their roles, sorry. Their roles are so defined that they know exactly what they need to do. And that's how it felt with Ozil yesterday flashes of the man we all fell in love with flashes of the one of the most talented players we've ever had at arsenal flashes of the assist machine the 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 creative pass machine the final third general we finally got that again we finally saw him be lively he wasn't just running around i don't take joy in watching Masoud ozil tackling people on the edge of our box i don't take joy watching him in our final third i that's not what he should be doing that's not what he should be doing and many people have disrespected him now i don't know how it's going to play out in the future i don't know if he carries on doing this i don't know 
how Arteta harnesses him. But from what we saw yesterday, it seems that he's coming along very well. It seems that maybe coaching was everything. It seems that maybe when you look at your players and you give them, you give them the tasks that suit them, you, you, you define each of their roles according to their strengths, maybe then you get a good game. Maybe then you see Ozil sweating before coming off. Maybe you see him sweating and having had a very good game. Maybe you see him having the touches that he used to have. Maybe you see some sort of uh, flashback to Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid slash Germany, early Germany Ozil. There's a reason why most of these players, when they go play for the national teams, they look like completely different people. There's a reason why Sanchez was struggling at a point, but when he went out to his, his national team, he played well. There's a reason why Shaka is captain and the heartbeat of the Swiss national team when he goes to play there. There's a reason why Louise was such an instrumental player, barring certain matches, seven barring certain matches um he he played he he was an integral part of the coach's plans and i think that the biggest difference between club coaching and the national team coaching is that the national team coach doesn't have time to imprint his style of play onto these players he doesn't have a surety at the same group of players will be available look a lot of them do try that a lot of them do try have a core team and work around it but for the most part they don't have the time to sit down with the players to really work out so within their plans more than in league games they have to figure out how to make these guys tick how to make these guys fit together and how to make sure that okay fine i'm bringing a group of complete strangers most of the time some of the time even if they're friends they don't play together in, enough they come from different places they come from teams that have different tactical profiles they come from coaches that demand different things so they need to quickly take these guys and put them into schemes that would highlight their strengths because that's what they have to lean on so i think that's that's a measure of what we needed at arsenal we don't have the luxury of a Pep Guardiola to go out into the transfer a transfer season every time and get the players that he needs to fashion his his footballing style and be able to go out into the market and, and attract and buy the players that he needs to accomplish that. We don't have the luxury of four left backs. We don't even have right now the luxury of the time of a preseason, of half a season, of 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 a break of an international break for him to really work with these players so he needs to sit down and figure out what he needs to win that's 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 partly one of the reasons why i really did like um carlo ancelotti coming to arsenal because carlo ancelotti gave a famous quote for me that underpins his coaching if we need three passes to score we'll do it if we need 750 passes to score obviously exaggeration we will do it that's why Carlo Ancelotti was for me one of the number one choices because he's a coach that could come in and quickly look at a team and go okay cool we need to do this we need to do this I needed to do this I need to do this and that's that's his strength and I'm seeing that maybe that maybe the one-on-one -on -one stuff that they spoke about about Arteta is really important 
I don't know what he did. I don't know if this is just new coach shine. I don't know if it's just uh, the the mythological new coach bounce. I don't know if it's that. But what I can tell you is that the players that went out there versus Bournemouth played a different way. Our midfield had a certain swagger. Now, what we need to do is go for the next step. We need to be able to take that swagger. We need to take that good play and translate it into wins, translate it into three points. I'm not one for going into the transfer market willy-nilly and getting players. Like, for example, if we can get the Koulibaly, it's been it's been uh, rumored. Let's go get him. He's a good enough player that I'd be okay getting him now or, or a rush by. But Arsenal's whole existence for the past couple of years has been underpinned by quick buys. Andre Santos, um, Carl Strong, for example, who was signed injured uh, last year with Dennis Suarez, for example. We need to go out and when we go into the transfer window into the market we need to be able to know exactly who you want and not waste money so that we haven't been spending but i don't think that should underpin everything that we do i think in arteta's case he should look at the team and see how well he can set up the team that we currently have and see what we can do i think that's the true test of a coach the true test of a coach is a coach coming in is a coach looking at the team and going okay cool i am going to coach you guys I don't have, uh, we don't have time to wait until six months down the line for the summer. We don't have time to sacrifice points in the next few games, two or three games before the January transfer market. What we need to do is to go out, learn what we need to play and play, which is very encouraging in what we saw yesterday. That's what would, that's what we saw, not, that's what we saw when we played Bournemouth. We saw a team that understood their roles. We saw a team that capitalized on the strengths of each of the players. Of course, it's only his first game, right? It could go completely south or it could go completely north. We could be an amazing team in the next few months or we could be bad. Uh, we could we could face a Chelsea type situation where they played very good but then now they're under pressure and it's looking a bit different. But as a whole, that was a good game as a whole that was that was a game that even though we lost it put a smile on my face it's one of the games where we we've said for years that it's, it's there's a way to lose there's a way to draw and we were shameful and we were we were rolled over by teams we were victims that's how if i could if i could put it in a word just one word we were victims for a very long time we were having games played to us and not with us and we were the whipping boys i mean the man city game told us everything we needed to know uh the the de bruyne what de bruyne said afterwards taught us everything we needed to know about our team but yesterday yeah, i keep saying yesterday was it saturday we saw a team not even saturday what am i saying <laughs> the 26th thursday we saw a team that wasn't run over had a bit of swagger was composed which composed the fans uh we saw a team that still had his frailties but his frailties weren't weren't crazily exposed we saw a team that showed a lot of potential and if this is what the start of arteta looks like 
I think he's done well. We could have we could have used the three points, but as a start, they didn't look scared. I didn't feel scared. And yeah, it was a good game. So onwards. This is the era of the Tets. It's not gonna catch on, man. But this is the era of the Tets. Arteta, welcome. Keep it up. Keep moving forward. Get us three points. Get us three points as we move on into every match and you know help us help us get back to where not where we think we were to where our 2004-2005 levels were and let's 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 be proud again let's be proud again let's let's make Arsenal Fan TV happy again (laughs) I still don't know why that was a big deal with Arsenal Fan TV but let's make them happy again Let's make little bloggers like George and his little overthinking podcast happy again. Okay, guys, follow me on Twitter. Ted President, T-E-D-D, President. Looking forward to seeing you in the next match. Let's go. Be sure to like, share and subscribe and I'll see you after the next match day.